0: could you imagine so, like a show these days like giving weed to like edibles to people and then they <laughs> experienced like the show was written for you to experience it on an edible
1: <laughs> it's basically like an immersion yeah. i don't know i i have some questions about what i kind of shows don't are. doubt
0: like it will happen one day like i don't know maybe And welcome to episode 10 of Theater Nerds.
1: I'm your host, Rachel Jones.
0: And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between.
1: This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, Or if you've only seen your Cousin's Kids production of Annie Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us.
0: In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms.
1: That's right. You can also leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
0: To find out more about the Theater Nerd cult, join us at... Theaternerdpod.com or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at TheaternerdPod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast.
1: Podcast. Today's episode, we're discussing theater history part three. Oh my goodness Taylor we have lots to discuss.
0: We have lots to discuss all right Rachel let's discuss some let's go right now right now Uh, (laughs) right into it part three guys here we are on our final episode of theater history also I want we should celebrate double digits of the podcast episode 10
1: this is episode 10 yay we made
0: it how many more to go we don't know
1: (laughs) you've listened this far so Fosse is here with the jazz hands
0: we've lasted in your ears for 10 episodes and hopefully you're
1: welcome
0: yeah you're welcome (laughs) we'll take a bow right now center stage
1: oh that reminds me of that glee re- rendition of take about it always reminds, every
0: time i think about center stage i don't know why but i think of like in high school musical three when sharpay they're like all standing on the stage and then sharpay's like center stage and then the the light doesn't like she's not in the right place <laughs> moves to the right place and she's like oh, and I, I don't know why i always think of that But
1: i love that i love yeah. that for you also high school, Sharpay,
0: an icon. <laughs> <laughs> the true icon. Forever and always. <laughs> uh, but today, you know, as much as we could talk about Sharpay forever. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Today, maybe we'll just do a whole episode on Sharpay. Uh,
1: Surprise.
0: <laughs> uh, deep dive into her life uh today we are of course concluding the three episode series of theater history today we are going to be covering a lot of ground like we have the past two episodes but um Rachel remind our listeners why theater history why we're doing this series why it's important why we feel like you guys need to hear it
1: Yeah, so I know that we say in the beginning that this is not a deep dive into theater history. And honestly, it's really not. This is more like a nice little gentle glide at 30,000 feet.
0: A little toe into the water.
1: Because there is a lot we will not be discussing today. Um, And we're very
0: aware. We're we're new swimmers and we have our floaties on.
1: Oh, yeah. Guppies. We're just guppies.
0: We're just guppies. Yeah.
1: I love that for us, theater guppies. Well, anyway, the importance, <laughs> the importance of theater history uh, is it is a there are many reasons that theater I history mean. is important. But I think you know it's important because we often take what we've done in the past and reuse mm. it or or use elements of it and kind of paper mache it into what we're doing now, which can also help us predict how and why or what we might do in the future when it comes to theater. Um, And I think it's also just important to remember how much theater has changed and how much it stayed the same Mm -hmm. over the course of time. And, And understanding theater history allows us to understand the roots of theater. Why were people participating? What was fun about it? Or why did people wanna be a part of it or see it? And that helps remind us or is potentially similar. To why people participate today
0: yeah absolutely oh, you couldn't have said it better than anyone ever <laughs> than myself
1: <laughs> Peter guppies theater guppies here we are,
0: Duffies, here we are. Yeah. if i'm honest this episode was like the one i was a little more excited for because we are going to get into some modern stuff too kind of diving yeah. into stuff that is more uh relevant things that we've experienced um hmm. So but I haven't you know I've had so much fun talking about like the renaissance and talking about those early theater days with you so I'm excited to dive into this week as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's funny because I also am excited about today's episode but it's more intimidating because there's more archived history that we mm-hmm. know of. Yeah. in this time period that we're going to go over and it's so there's because we know more things there's so much Mm -hmm. And I know, I just know we won't get to a lot of it. So once again, if we missed an important piece or potentially we'll come back and revisit some of these Mm -hmm. history elements of theater.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, all of the notes and videos and things that we kind of did to do some research, we'll definitely link in the show notes below. So you guys can do your own deep dives if you want on some of this theater history as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. So just a a small recap or and or some things we did not quite get Mm -hmm. to last time. Um, So we talked about the Renaissance in England mostly or in Europe. um, But then what we did not mention, but will help us as we move forward, are some periods in England specifically that lead up to the 19th century. So we have the Restoration period, which is where King Charles I comes back from his exile in France to England. And we have a few theater things that come into play Mm -hmm. that I think are a little bit important specifically and hold, hold your applause until the end (laughs) women, women. Oh, cue that uh, Mm. (laughs) cue that meme from the new little women where she's saying women. Yes. Yes. Women are allowed. Finally. To be on and off stage in the theater world after, um, yeah, King when Charles cut. the first this is comes when we back. Cut. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The so they're sound. finally they're finally allowed to be in troops and and on stage and be playwrights. Although still a lot of them used a pseudonym or a nom de plume to write as a male playwright for a little while. Yep. A few other things that are maybe important. Um, you know, theater becomes more of a social event. It's the who's who. It is the Instagram geotagging before there was Instagram. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's yep. very important. Uh, and then we also go from specifically or strictly shareholders and patrons. Remember, we talked about that's how funding was happening for theater. We go from that, although there's still some of that to contract performers. So specific performers are hired for a season or for a specific show, and they always do that show or they always play that role. I think that's really important. And then the last thing, when we enter into the age of enlightenment, the 18th century, we have all these wars, the American revolution, the French revolution, the, you know, the war of 1812 there's one other thing that we kind of briefly mentioned about humanism being a huge development during this time. And one of the components that made its way into plays was called Stroom and Drang. Did I say that right? Strum? Stroom? 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 It sounds sturm.
0: right. Stroom. Stroom. <laughs>
1: Yeah, S-T-U-R-M. Good. Back at me not pronouncing anything correctly. You're it's welcome. Okay. Here I am. Yeah. Episode 10. This is our show. So yeah. Right. Haters can go away. So it basically means storm and stress, but essentially it is the yeah, same. That's me. Actually, that's my character of the week. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks at the emotional components of uh yeah. the character. So it moves us from where the point of view as an audience member is about the plot or the action and moves us to some inner dialogue or monologue of the main characters and why they're doing what they're doing. Mm. I think this is really, really important. I mentioned Hamlet last time. This feels very Hamlet-esque where there's a lot of like inner desire Mm -hmm. to contemplate why we're having these actions obviously the actions are still important to the show but we're seeing the inside the emotional piece as Mm -hmm. well and I think this is a key component when we think about musicals this Mm -hmm. idea of um, this humanism idea comes to play as well
0: yeah I think alongside that there's i i'm I'm sure with humanism is like the same as like naturalism or something like that like kind of this like natural like humanistic look at like life and all these emotions and kind of using that um to its uh for its story purposes uh something that i found we talked a little bit about this last week too but looking at like how the middle class really like influenced um theater at the time and countries uh, that experienced a lot of like change or failure or anything like that like a lot of uh, the theater that was happening at the time expressed the views of the middle class um, and their aspirations or their or their failures or anything like that um, which is very interesting Uh, uh, in the the naturalism movement or the you know humanism uh, from what I found kind of started 1887 there was a lot of like independent theaters um happening at the time which I think is fascinating um and it something that like you were saying it kind of still kind of stands the test of time of how we do it today is that they probed into the causes of human behavior they really looked at how people are feeling and thinking and doing certain things which we still I mean we're still seeing shows like that today Absolutely. much more so today i probably feel like probably even than back then but
1: yeah yeah exactly what you're saying so yeah we move from the 18th century to that enlightenment period into the industrial mm-hmm. revolution and that's where we have what you're talking about this idea of um storm and stress because i'm not going to say it storm and rang stroom being and <laughs> being moved into uh you know um naturalism versus realism right yeah so i mean maybe we can start around the 19th century and move in to the 20th and 21st century yeah which are quite a few you know there's so much going on
0: let's let's talk about the 19th century what what things popped out at you while you were looking at this century
1: yeah so i will say that this century reminds me a lot of All I think of when I think of the century, if I were to like picture it in my mind is lots of like steam. Mm -hmm. There's lots of hard work happening. There's Mm -hmm. lots of movement of industrialization, basically. So uh, and I obviously am thinking about this in America because we have a lot more land that we are, quote unquote, exploring. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a, a rise in that kind of trying to make things move you places and then have yeah. the invention of of things. I mean, this obviously also happened in Europe and in England. So it, the industrial revolution is not just an American concept, right. but you think, I mean, I think of the telegraph and the steam and steam power trains and mm. ships, right? And all of that. Yeah. Uh, so that's what first comes to mind when I think of the 19th mm-hmm. century, which has nothing to do with theater.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, You know, there was a lot of like building happening at the time. And I'm sure at this time, a lot of theaters were being built and a lot of new innovation. I mean, when we talk about, when we're looking at just American theater history, obviously Broadway is like one of the biggest parts of American theater history. So, you know, there was the, the infrastructure of all these theaters being built and when these theaters came to be and also the you know we have off-Broadway and on Broadway and like when did that uh, all these things established probably later on but um, yeah it is interesting to see how all of that influences the big kind of business of theater as as a whole
1: yeah so some things I think that are important to note about the early mid-19th century is as people are moving west, uh, you're having so many more towns pop up, Right. but in, and, and, but then there also is a large population of people who are coming through towns or are staying in town. So you mm. have the need for entertainment centers in so many different places now mm-hmm. throughout the country in a completely new kind of dynamic than what was happening in England. And so, Things that come up are basically variety shows, mm-hmm. um, burlesque shows, minstrel shows, circuses, yep. Wild West shows, vaudeville, and medicine yeah. shows. I do not know what a medicine show is. I looked it up, but I'm still not positive. So if anyone knows, let me know.
0: They just like performed in the medicine. Or they gave medicine to people before, and then they experienced it- the show
1: i just it was it seemed like a lot could you imagine like
0: a show these days like giving weed to like edibles to people and then they (laughs) experienced like the show was written for you to experience it on an edible
1: (laughs) it's basically like an immersion i don't know i i have some questions about what i kind of don't doubt
0: like it will happen one day like i don't know
1: maybe like I and mean, then i wonder Broadway. is this what the old crow medicine show is named after i have many questions that now need answers yeah you um but yeah have time machine and, and go back and yeah someone and, let me know yeah let me know if i'm someone if has happening. a cousin
0: that can build us a time machine just I, s- us
1: i i think the jonas brothers they have some access Oh, that's a that's a future machine. Never mind. Can that go <laughs> in backward? In but five? do you
0: have a cousin that knows the drums? <laughs> <laughs> no. This is, this is my question.
1: Because <laughs> I was like, wait, Rachel, I've known you for ten years and <laughs> over ten years. Surprise, Frankie's oh, my, my cousin. cousin. Oh my god, I'm. <laughs> so <hard> about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, great. So medicine shows, menstrual shows, all yeah. of that happening. Yeah, it's, in every town. It's funny. The saloon. Like, the one
0: that jumps out is uh, is vaudeville for me because yeah, I feel like vaudeville is like still so referenced by actors today like oh that you know I was trying to be vaudeville or like you know we used a little like vaudeville in this in this show or or in this part or whatever um which I think is interesting that that specific kind of theater is still referenced today and it's lasted so long yeah
1: and I like don't fully understand when people say that i mean it's similar to like a variety show i guess Mm -hmm. there's songs there's burlesque normally but
0: well i think of the humor of like charlie chaplin or something like that like that's what i kind of think of a vodva or um so it's like 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 the
1: satirical part the like the okay
0: Yeah. yeah and i think like slapstick a little bit too but that's a little bit different
1: yeah, right. it's so interesting because it's originally French, you know, obviously right. the word, at least. And yeah. I'm pretty sure the act itself came about also in the 19th century. Well, it doesn't surprise so, me
0: that, that French individuals are like satirical. <laughs> yeah, <that's fair.
1: laughs> not to overgeneralize. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: To all our French yeah. listeners out there.
1: Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But also tell us more about vaudeville. Yes, Did you please. also have medicine shows or was that just an American thing?
0: So yeah, I, have, I,
1: have I many think we all
0: had a medicine show at some point in our life. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: oh, that's actually our tagline. I don't oh, want to project anything <laughs> on everyone, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. So other things that came about in the 19th century that I thought might be important, um, just to name a few. Okay. Earlier we talked about humanism. Mm-hmm. And then this kind of relates to before we talk about uh, naturalism, mm-hmm. where you need to talk about romanticism. So, yeah. this is when we have the idea of like heightened emotions, like dr- over dramatization of emotions that are happening. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that's really important. That really came about during this time, really strong was the main mm-hmm. thing. Also, speaking of being over dramatic, melodrama came back really revived we revived it it's revived um from the italian uh, time before Mm -hmm. in the renaissance Mm -hmm. period so it's coming back in the 19th century late 19th century and this is really important because music was a cue for when certain things were going to happen so people might not physically be singing on stage although they could have but musical instruments or in- instrumentation was coming in to cue that some kind of emotional content was happening. Think of mm-hmm. movies. This happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I feel this is really, really, I don't know if it was novel then, but it's crazy to think, oh, this is what we do. This is what we do now. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, that's still going. I mean, they obviously do it in movies, but even in shows you'll have yeah, under, underscore of you know, when people are talking, you know, there'll be a little bit of a score while people are talking to make you yeah. feel something.
1: So other, a few other things before we move into the 20th century, when you get out of the 1800s here, um, is that the idea of a basic structure of a play became pretty much standard. And the structure mm-hmm. was introduction, rising action, conflict, climax, falling action
0: all of our favorite parts
1: <laughs> the resolution um so that all became like in that order became the typical uh standard for playwrights at yeah. the time in the late 1800s
0: and pretty standard for like any writing too like a book absolutely or whatever
1: absolutely yeah. yeah any kind of novel or story yeah. and then two last things before taylor let you take it away with some of your wisdom. So ready. Um I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> so star acting was a huge thing in the way that um shows were actually staged like physically the mm-hmm. uh, the not the audience they're not on stage. The cast was on stage. So stars, you know, think of Hollywood stars before they were Hollywood stars you would have to physically go and see these people in person to see them do their work. You would read about them in the paper or hear about them through the telegraph. No, anyway,
0: all of our favorite invention. Yes. (laughs) You would
1: hear about them and then you have to go see them and they would be, uh, often center stage, or when they came down the stage the other actors who might actually be their main actors also in on in the actual play mm-hmm. if they were not stars would stand in the background and move in the background for them so the star was always downstage facing the audience crazy to think about honestly but it's very interesting mm-hmm. i think yeah and then and then the last thing i have is repertory style of theater, which means people were scheduling seasons or touring shows. Yeah. And this was happening not just in America in the late 1800s. This was happening in France and in England and in other European mm. countries and probably other places. So that's really cool. Cause this is the beginning of like putting shows together in a season and having them tour around the country. No yeah. longer are we just having groups of actors tour around and like do whatever they want we are actually having a show Mm -hmm. go around and be produced in different stages and Mm -hmm. I feel that's exciting we still do that now so yeah
0: yeah definitely something that has lasted and is something so prevalent today I mean like each year I look forward to what the season will be for you know a touring company or you know touring in my city or something like that so I wonder if they did that back then. Like there were people that were like, Ooh, what's going to tour here next year?
1: (laughs) They're like, I really hope that I, why am I keep saying Hamlet? I need to come up with something. I really hope
0: it's Hamlet and um, (laughs) this one other show that I saw That one
1: show that that one guy saw, he said it was really good because there was a great backdrop. Yeah. That's me. Hey honey, Jim Jim said
0: Hamlet was great. So I think we should go see it. I
1: think we should go see it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, so great! I want to kind of talk about and move into the kind of transition yeah. into musical theater that happened in yes. the, you know, in the 20th century, which is something that we're both we are both love and and we love the art form of musical theater. Um, for those that don't know, the first musical that was ever, you know, that we think as far as all the you know research and things we did the first musical that we found that was performed was in 1866 so it was pretty yeah. early when it's called the black the black crook and which uh, sounds great
1: <laughs> yeah would not be revived
0: yeah maybe with a new title but <laughs>
1: The plot I looks know. skeptical. I know, I know.
0: But it was a melodramatic romantic comedy, is what it said. Um, Yikes. The production became famous for its spectacular special effects and skimpy costumes. Ooh. Ooh. I know. And we all love some skimpy costumes at Absolutely.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Uh, something I found interesting is that this musical was um, four acts uh so yeah it says
1: pro- so long i know
0: so it probably lasted a long time and i wonder if it was like a full day thing like or like a two like harry potter like was it like a two-day thing or yeah. like angels in america or was it like they just like <laughs> go from like 6 p.m to midnight or whatever i don't
1: know no, no. i mean pete these people must have been used to it right because a lot of yeah. shakespeare and a lot of other shows at the time that were plays were four acts yeah. but not all acts were performed. Here's what's something that's really weird: not all acts were performed. Yeah, like they would just be like, "We're doing Act yeah. One." Hamlet. Or act One Hamlet, and Two.
0: Hamlet actually ended incredibly happy. <laughs>
1: <I> mean, <laughs> it's little- just like like Henry the <laughs> Like, yeah. we're, oh, we're just doing Part One. Well, there are, like, 9,000 parts of this show. Yeah. What do
0: you mean you're just
1: doing part one? That's like seeing, like,
0: act one of, like, Evan Hansen and being like, what?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's the end. Surprise. Oh, they kiss. Okay.
0: (laughs) When we go go more into the 20th century, um, we kind of look into what we call, uh, what we call even today are called book musicals. Um, and this is something that have songs and dances that are fully integrated into a story. We were kind of talking about it earlier too, but it's also hard when we look at musicals. It's really hard to not really reference like operas at the time too, because yeah. operas were are were in are very similar to musical and the structure of a musical. But the difference is is that the story. Well, first of all, there may not have been dancing in operas. It may it could have just been them singing right then. And then also, I don't. I, I at least from my understanding, I haven't seen too many operas to be honest. But from my understanding, like the story isn't as well, you know, connected as is in a book musical per se. And also, from my understanding, the operas are just all singing. So, yeah, it's all
1: singing. Yeah. It's basically lay Mis.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: But or yeah, Hamilton. well different. Yeah. Yes. True. There's no yeah. so there's no unsung dialogue, but it's all in songs. So I think what's yeah. different here is that in operas, at least at the time and pro- and still today, I'm pretty sure, all operas were they were songs in sung individually or in a you know in a group based off of your character about something, yeah. but then there was another song. So it's kind of like a concert of sorts yeah. where they like, yeah. definitely there is a plot here and mm-hmm. people are on the stage and there is scenery and there is yeah. movement, whether there was dancing or not, mm-hmm. but the song started and ended. And then there was another song that started and ended yeah. and it wasn't necessarily the story mm-hmm. yeah. through this. It wasn't
0: like the song carried the character development of the narrative of the plot first not
1: necessarily always yeah Yeah. Uh, i mean we can
0: reference things like porgy and bess which is a great (gasps) musical opera there and then there's also like three penny opera which is like really Uh, popular as well um the things about when we go back to the book musicals what's interesting we kind of talked about this earlier too is that it was you know their song and dances. Integrate into a well made story with serious dramatic goals um, that were supposed to evoke emotions out of people. So, laughter, anger, sadness, fear, grief, whatever is supposed to evoke a lot of emotions. Um, what we know today, I mean, there's a show called Showboat, which was one of the first of these, yeah. these book musicals written by. Um, Oscar Hammerstein for the music and lyrics and all of that premiered in 1927 Um, so that's kind of when we look at book musicals that kind of helped. but then all that kind of influenced um, the art form at the time as well Um, but honestly much more later A book musical that really kind of influenced more, which is also uh, Oscar Hammerstein musical, is Oklahoma. Oklahoma really kind of transformed the book musical and musical genre because it really got to dive into different emotions of the characters more so than other, a lot of the times musicals at the time would just really be a fun night and a fun evening. And Oklahoma really kind of changed the game in at the time which didn't premiere until 40s. 1943 so it really was a long time later that oscar hammerstein was like hey we should do something different um yeah i think is interesting
1: that is interesting i think uh going back just a little to the early <laughs> i think it's 1919 or right before the great depression um in the roaring 20s there was a uh movement uh for people in new york who were people of perf- the performing arts industry to be have equitable contracting. Um, so the actors equity association was formed in 1919. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. It still exists. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about the pros and cons of that because there's been a lot of um, yeah upheaval over the last few years about mm-hmm. whether they were doing enough or what they were giving actors while Broadway was shut right. down. But anyway, either way, thinking about the workers' rights movement before the Roaring Twenties in 1919 is pretty crazy to think that that's when Actors' Equity Association was stood up.
0: It is crazy. I mean, I guess they saw a time where that, you know, they needed a foundation of something to support the actors. I mean, can you imagine?
1: I mean, I can imagine, right? Like, there are all these people everywhere, all the time with ginormous Mm -hmm. sets. I mean, I just can't imagine the terrible things that could have occurred and potentially did. And Mm -hmm. so they required, um, you know, equity actors only for professional productions Mm around 1919, which is just crazy.
0: Yeah. And something in the early, you know, that time period, the twenties and and thirties and stuff, something I read a lot too, is that, they were really Broadway and theater in general was really competing with the film industry at the time um, yeah. because the film industry was also, as, as far as Hollywood is concerned, was also in kind of its original golden age era too. So they were yeah, kind of absolutely. just like starting out too. So I think they were the, these really two competing um, art forms that were trying to, you know, gain audiences um which is fascinating and then also you know we can have a discussion at some point you know not maybe not today because we're covering so much ground but how how influencer like the musical film is i mean we talked about it a yeah. little bit in movie music in our movie musicals episode but um mm-hmm. yeah it especially once you get into the 40s 50s 60s like musical films were really popular at the time and and musicals in general i mean what's interesting is that a lot of musicals were like like top billboard you know for consider the time like these were songs and albums that were being played like on the radio like on just like in living rooms just chilling like they would just put on a musical um and you know we kind of have seen that I think it kind of died out a little bit maybe in like the 80s 90s and early 2000s but i wonder if we're seeing that shift too of like oh we're we going back again to something like that i don't know
1: yeah. i also think it's interesting when we think about the first few major hits on broadway as mm-hmm. it comes to be um uh, you know there are famous singers and actors who come play broadway at that point because that still was you know like you were saying um Hollywood was still in its heyday also so there's yeah. a lot of interchangeability like Cole Porter is in right. some of the first shows mm-hmm. on Broadway and Irving Berlin and, Irving you Berlin. know like yeah. yeah so i think i think that there is some crossover that we mm-hmm. also see a little bit more now but we definitely yeah. and i think it does exist but we just have more celebrities right like there was yeah. a pocket of people doing all the same stuff yeah, that we were seeing constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So,
0: and in the 30s and 40s, I mean, we think about shows like Anything Goes, and yeah. um, you know, Ugh, we Orgy and Bess. Um, we look at shows, uh, stuff like On the Town and Annie Get Your Gun and Kiss Me, Kate. I mean, these are shows in the 30s and 40s that are like so, you know, t- taken as such high you know people think of them as like these uh, 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 shows that are just such classics um that it's really cool to see that i mean i mean on the town was on broadway like what like five years ago i mean it wasn't
1: i saw it i revived it it was great
0: and so it's really cool to see that these shows really have lasted too all that time
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so when we're moving into the and then kind of next stage of what musical theater and what broadway looks like it's really interesting you know i kind of look at it from the show different types of shows that were being created perspective we really can't lose sight of like the influence of you know steven sondheim and how what rogers and hammerstein how they influenced steven sondheim and all of that um but so many different types of shows were being created that really ushered in like new ways of looking at performing and the ways we Ah. look at character development right stuff like that I mean we even even looking at like West Side Story and The Music Man and uh, Gypsy and all these things I mean all of them are so they're they're very like specific stories it's not really a it's not very general it's very specific stories about like people's own experience which I think is so fascinating
1: yeah, and I think that you get also more of the, you get more of the integration. I think at this point of mm-hmm. songs, and book, and the script, right, as well as dancing. So it becomes mm-hmm. more. Uh, after we've decided this is a hit, yeah, <laughs> uh, this idea of a musical, it becomes more integrated, and so people are taking more risks somewhere. We're placing songs in a plot. I mean, thinking about the music man in particular, since I just recently saw it, yeah. he, he starts talking and then he starts singing. No one cares. Yeah. Uh, whereas I does happen in Oklahoma, but there's a lot more transition. I think mm-hmm. um, within the actual story musical itself, mm-hmm. I want to note that I, I did make a special note that in the late, I think it's in the fifties in 1954. This lovely person comes, she's a newcomer, and she comes to Broadway, and her name is Julie Andrews.
0: Oh, yes. Wonderful. And
1: she came came to do a show called The Boyfriend, which I have never heard of nor seen, but now I shall be deep diving into that at some point.
0: It's uh, based off my own life, actually. Um, (laughs) You were born back then? I was Julie Andrews' boyfriend. Yeah, that's right.
1: That feels right. So
0: I haven't talked about it yet, but... Um <laughs> something oh to also note that I think is interesting that I found when we talk I think a lot of people when we talk about Broadway there's also off Broadway and off off Broadway you know and then ah. there's like off 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 Broadway which is like you know somewhere in Louisiana or whatever but um when we're looking at for those that don't know uh, uh Broadway is considered any house which is the theater Any larger a house larger than 500 seats is considered Broadway is considered on Broadway theaters with houses between 99 seats and 499 seats are considered off Broadway crazy. Any theater with less than 99 seats is considered off-off-Broadway. And then anything off-off-off-off-off-Broadway is just like New Jersey, Virginia.
1: Repertory <laughs> theaters. Yeah, exactly. Huh. <laughs> All,
0: and, and for fun fact, in 1960, the first ever off-Broadway production was produced, which was The Fantastics.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. Oh my so gosh, cool. I love that.
0: And what's really cool? I mean, this era again. Broadway is really booming in the like we've said, 40s, 50s, 60s, and then during the 50s, there's a lot of like musical film happening. Of course, the West Side Story film happened in in the 60s as well, which really, I mean, won 10 Oscars at the time. I mean, it was a huge success. Crazy. Crazy. But we have really incredible and cool shows that happen in the 60s, like Fiddler on the Roof, looking at that specific culture. We have, you know, Sondheim coming in with so many great hits in the 60s. Sunday in the Park with George, A Little Night Music. I mean, it's just really cool to see. And then we have these this kind of wave of social themes that's happening in the end of the 60s, kind of going into the 70s when we look Fair. at things. Yeah, like Hair and La Caja (laughs) Falls and
1: uh, even
0: even going into the later, you know, 80s and 90s when we look at like Falsettos and Rent and Hedwig and all these things, you know, all of these are shows that look at different social themes, um, which shows in the past had done, but I think we saw a new, a different wave of those. Uh, Of course, I don't even think with Hair probably... Uh, influenced rent in a way like that absolutely it, it, no doubt without hair there wouldn't be rent i don't think
1: yeah i think the rock opera musical movement is something super fascinating yeah and then this moment we have like this moment also in the 70s basically where we have a lot of clash or or conversation and tension of uh christian or religious narratives and like social Mm -hmm. justice narratives that are happening especially so i mean you have like jesus christ superstar godsville and then the rocky horror show come all at the same time and i find that to be really interesting Mm -hmm. um
0: it's interesting how we talked about how the influence of religion and culture and social mm -hmm. issues influence stuff way back in you know yeah the Roman Greek time as well. But then also, when you look at, you know, hair being influenced by the Vietnam War, being influenced yeah. by all these social issues, also right. ushering, you know, things like nudity and controversial things that Yikes, yeah. were not considered something that was maybe people had considered when going to see a live show. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's super interesting and fascinating, and and of course we see that even today, like we see these social movements or social issues being talked about a lot more in um, theater in general and plays and musicals. Um, kind of in kind of playwrights are kind of almost getting out their own, you know, thoughts about something in their in their writings. Um, wow. which is interesting. Yeah. Something that the, uh, that I'll talk about in the 80s is we saw uh, something that I saw a lot is this discussion about like mega musicals and how, you yes. know, we talked about, like you were saying, we, when we did our deep dive Phantom of the Opera, you know, a lot of Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff, Cats and, and you know, Miss Saigon, these big, big productions that really and I think really at the at the beginning of the 80s, we saw this. With these big musicals, we see this thing of like, oh, Broadway as a more of a business, I wonder, of seeing it more as like, how can we get Um, the most people to come to these productions from all over rather than just like, it's just Broadway's like, you know, in the 50s was probably mostly people in New York, but now it's like, you know, anyone, which it could happen before, of course, but anyone from anywhere can come and see Phantom of the Opera for... You know however long they want
1: (laughs) yeah i find it interesting going from well i mean i I think this happens obviously before phantom comes about in 86 but i think i think there's this movement from the stars of musicals like because that blows up in hollywood now there are hollywood stars there's less theater stars and more of shows, theater Mm -hmm. shows or musicals that become really essential to pop culture.
0: Yeah, well the last bit I wanted to talk about and of course we're kind of glossing over some things is kind of bringing it into the present day here. The three things that kind of jumped out at me and I wanna say when we talk about modern musical theater modern um, theater in general is what we're looking at are really the jukebox musical, Mm -hmm. we're looking at that we're looking at a big trend currently of film adaptations being turned into musicals and then um we're also looking at this really kind of niche idea of producers sometimes taking chances on really small uh opportunities but also um the musical comedy is something that really has come in in the last I mean, it's it, it's kind of reissued a new era of musical comedy in the last 20 years of seeing, you know, things like Avenue Q and Book of Mormon and even like Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, like all of these things are very different musical comedies, but they, you know, musical comedy is kind of like the original type of musical. So really seeing that kind of last um, since, you know, the 20s or 30s is interesting but then of course talking about this trend of like movie out of movies being out of adapted into musicals it's like a huge thing right now I mean it's still every time I look up a thing on Broadway world that's like what what musicals are coming in the next 15 years it's like so many movies are in development of a musical it's like kind of crazy yeah. I mean, we've seen the, you know the producers and Spamalot and Hairspray and Legally Blonde and The Color Purple and Shrek and Waitress. I mean, there's like so much and then we can't. I mean, there's a whole side to like all the Disney stuff too. So there's yeah. just a lot of stuff even happening there.
1: Um, I mean, let's just think right now what's on Broadway. That's a movie right. musical, Mrs. Doubtfire, Beetlejuice, because it's coming back. Yeah. Um, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Okay. That's not as many as I thought that are currently on Broadway. But then you also have, like you said, you have touring Mean Girls. Yeah. And other things. Well, yeah. I
0: Disney. It's like Aladdin.
1: Oh right. Well, and... that I don't, does that count, Aladdin and Lion yes, King? I don't know. I think uh, going back to your point about comedy, musical comedy, something that feels super different right now in the twenty first century about musicals mm-hmm. and musical comedy is that they're not romantic comedies always. Yeah. So the comedy itself is no longer just about a romance, which I think we saw a lot of in the 19th century, yeah. 20th century. So these comedies don't necessarily have any, if, if, if they have any romantic uh, par- place, it's mostly a secondary part of the comedies, I think.
0: Well, when was even the last like true romantic musical we saw? I don't even know like was <laughs> the last one. I mean, maybe like Bright Star, but
1: <laughs> what I does don't know. Chicago count as?
0: I don't know. Who knows?
1: Chicago uh, and the opera are still on Broadway. Chicago
0: so. and Moulin Rouge are like kind of in the same vein a little bit. But, a little, yeah. Yeah. But sound so,
1: count as a romance? It doesn't. Oh yeah,
0: I would say it's a romance. Okay, I I Perfect found it for I, you I li- I've been listening to some Hades Town because I got kind of I didn't want to listen to it with before seeing it. You know my thing, but it's huh. really good. <laughs> Eva Eva Noblezada is so talented. Oh, I good. Cannot it makes me want to like throw up sometimes? How talented she is. <laughs> Well, lastly, I want to say yeah. this, this thing about Ju- and jukebox musicals for for those oh, right. that don't know, I mean, is when they take existing, you know, songs like, you know, for instance, like Mamma Mia is all ABBA songs and they put it to a story or, or Jersey Boys is all about Frankie Valli and it's all the Frankie Valli songs or Beautiful is all the Carole King songs. This, this wave of, I, I think what's interesting, what we're seeing in the past, like five years is. Instead of having a jukebox musical be about like the artist or like, you know, about Carole King, it's like taking the, the songs and putting it to a narrative story, like Jagged Little Pill, where you take the Atlantis Morissette songs and put it to a story, or you, or Girl from the Northern Country, which is all these like. Yeah. Bob Dylan songs yeah the Mm -hmm. Bob Dylan songs and putting that to a story which I think is like actually a way better way of going about a jukebox musical in my opinion (laughs) I think it's, it's fascinating and I wonder what because again when you think of it as like show business it's it's ultimately a business and that's what I even you know as much as we both Rachel and I both love that, you know, creative, I I think I can speak for Rachel, creatives should be able to do what they want and they should be able to do, you know, write whatever they want, but they also have to sell it and they have to market it and they have to want people to come. And ultimately, I think a lot of creative writers, composers want their pieces to be performed, like by people Mm -hmm. around the world. So to have it be something super commercial can be super hard. So when you have something like an existing property, like a movie or like a, you know, jukebox, you know, songs that people already know, it's just so much easier to market. So I think that's why one of the reasons we're seeing producers are much more likely to invest money in something that is, you know, more marketable,
1: which is a shame.
0: And I, I, you know, I wonder we can talk about that some other time, but.
1: Yeah, not to get on the soapbox of hating jukebox musicals. Um, (laughs) I do think my counterpoint, although I agree with most of that, my counterpoint is I struggle as someone who's not yet hit the age of wanting to see shows that I've already seen that are no longer on Broadway that Mm -hmm. I've that I've already seen. Right. I think I said that. I'm young enough where n- there's not a revival of something that, well, I should say that, but I never saw certain things like Spring Awakening, let's revive That's that, what but, I'm also, say, right? but also I, I wasn't old enough to see it on Broadway Yeah. when it came out. So I'm not quite there, I'm getting closer, but-
0: Where's that Shrek but, revival?
1: <laughs> but right, okay, well, sorry. Okay, but once again, not see it, but yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the things yeah, have yeah, not yeah. come around in time. But if you were to say that there was going to be a Cheetah Girls jukebox musical, you best believe me or the Spice Girls, like me yeah. and everyone and their mom is going to come. So I think it's not just, it totally is. There is a mark of value. I will not diminish that at all. Is that the reason why people are doing it? I don't know. Is it because you can get 15,000 different people to play the, you know, same Nine dancers, and you can have a rotation of them, and it's easier because they're all wearing right. the same suit. Doesn't matter if they're male or female because they're all gonna wear a hat and Michael Jackson shoes. Like maybe, yeah. and the dancing is great. Like I don't and they don't have to sing because other people are singing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> but I will say it does feel sort of like when your favorite band goes on their reunion tour. Yeah, like some there is some mm. element. Of that with a jukebox musical.
0: Yeah. Is it
1: cheating? I don't know because our revival's cheating. I also don't know, mm-hmm. but there is something a little bit more flashy that feels it could be better potentially if we were given the time. It could be more creative, I should say, mm-hmm. given the time. But I will say I've seen the Tina Turner musical and the Carol King musical. No. Yeah, that's right. I saw the Tina Turner musical. No, no. No, I didn't. I saw the Donna Summer musical and the my bad. <laughs> this the, like, There's
0: too many. There's and Donald the Carol King. King. There's I know Michael There's Jackson. I know. There's Michael Jackson. I know, There's
1: I know, I know, I know. I've seen I've seen two. Oh, I've seen Cher. Okay, great. So I've seen three of the five. I've seen Cher. I've seen Donna Summer. Let's get it right. I've seen Cher, I've seen Donna Summer, and I've seen Carol King. Did you see and Ariana have,
0: in Donna Summer?
1: Yes. He was in that. And yes I did this I had to think about it yes backing up though for Mm -hmm. everyone else
0: Oscar I've seen
1: yes I've seen all three of those and they were all great and I liked them all for very different reasons Mm -hmm. and I would not have gone to see a show probably about Donna Summer unless it was a jukebox musical because I knew the songs Right. But I probably would have only seen a Carol King musical the way that it was done because they were singing her songs, but it was more of a story. The share mm-hmm. show, the costumes, and the staging was out of freaking control. <laughs> Is that the same as me sitting in, you know, watching Dear Evan Hansen? No, it's not the same kind of right. emotion I'm feeling, but it's definitely still entertaining. And I think this idea of going back to the 19th century when we were you know moving west in america the idea of like variety shows and burlesque and this idea of vaudeville all of these elements come into play and in some way broadway has to cater to every one of those things yeah there has to be enough of all of those things on mm-hmm. broadway to be an actual functioning place yeah. and this is why this is hard like this is why you know, we maybe are not going to go see Phantom of the Opera all the time. Right. The, every person who's coming to New York for the first time, they're going to see Wicked Phantom of the Opera or Chicago.
0: Right, right. Or Lion King, right.
1: Or Lion King, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, let's not forget Disney. <laughs> not yeah,
0: bad. no, I, I love all those points and I think you're you're so right. I think, but that's why I'm excited about this kind of new wave of like Jagged Little Pill and, and yeah. Girl in the Northern Country. True. Like to see, like, I wonder what you know the this new wave of jukebox will be but also I'm I'm just excited too because I feel like original musicals are really I mean I've looked up like googled like original musicals and they're really like few and far there's really not that many musicals that are not based on something um, Ah, that are like really truly original and uh, out of the brainchild of the composer or the writer um so I'm excited I I'm I wonder what you know these past two years of being stuck inside have has how how it's you know culminated in people's minds of of what will what what kind of artistic things we'll see in the next five years or something
1: I think the point you're making is about how can we be even more creative with the content that already exists yeah and how can we not just have things that are maybe predictable or fit a mainstream like how can we push that envelope how can you make us think some more right I think Uh, so because what is it
0: what is it like what I think that's what the creatives want and then the business people want a hit so it's like it
1: depends I mean I I think this is that's a good point but I think there is there is space for both Mm -hmm. and you can't have you can't have every show be, you know, the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. Like you can't have every show leave you thinking I need to change my entire life. I'm having an existential crisis or (laughs) angels in America, right? Like I can't leave every show. It's why HBO has documentaries and funny shows and dramas and murder mysteries. It's like, that is why it's not because one of them is right. But it yeah. is because with all of these things, and we can make it better, right? We can add mm. better um, costumes, or we can add better acting, or we can add better staging, or we can add right. better ways that we intro a song. Absolutely. That is completely mm. true. <laughs> but what we're looking for, those are all different. And, and we walk away from different shows with different things, yeah. as we should. Yeah. And that's the point of theater, Like, right? It's mm. the... It's not always to think better about things, but it is to entertain us.
0: Mm. Yeah, ultimately, ultimately. Well, Rachel, thank you for joining yeah. in on this discussion about our modern theater history. Our conclusion to our theater history <laughs> series, episode ten, you guys. It's been so much it's fun. So guys, don't worry. Our next episode
1: will, will be, not be about theater history. <laughs> yes, it will be
0: it will be back to our light fair. You know, if you if you took a dive off uh, theater niche for a little bit and then coming back on, it's okay. It's okay. We still yeah. accept
1: you. We, you, still, we you know, love you. You're yeah. welcome here.
0: But of course, you <laughs> won't be hearing this if you did take a dive up. So maybe <laughs> you know it, it doesn't really matter either way. <laughs>
1: I'm crying. But, yeah. Next time we will we will go back to our normally regularly scheduled programming. Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, all right, Rachel. Let's talk about character of the week.
1: Let's do it. Let's do so it. This is a segment where Taylor and I uh, pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So what are the vibes that we have and what theater character maybe embodies those?
0: Vibes. We would also love to hear your characters. So please comment on our social media pages. Tell us who you are this week. Uh you also can go on our website. We have a little form you can fill out and you can send us. We can look at them and see what character you may get a shout out on an episode. We'll put that all in the show notes below. Uh, you know, we may shout out your character on a future episode of Theater Nerds. Um, but Rachel, tell me who is your character of the week?
1: Oh my goodness, Taylor. So I'm a little inspired for a few things. Number <laughs> well, we'll, one, I will I w- say
0: actually we should probably set the scene is that Rachel just came back. Yeah. <laughs> glorious, we kind of mentioned it a little bit. She came back from a wonderful New York weekend. What, what, what did you get to see,
1: Rachel, in New York? Please tell the yes. people. Yes, yes. Um, I saw MCC's Miscast, which is great. The 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 streaming version will be out on April 22nd, so you should watch it. We will <laughs> repost on our Insta story. It was Absolutely. amazing. And then I also saw the wonderful Music Man
0: Ooh. with
1: Hugh Jackman. With and Wolverine Foster. himself. <laughs> <laughs> he looks good, everyone, just so you know. Anyway... Yeah, you
0: <laughs> if you want to see Wolverine doing some tapping get your t- yeah point.
1: well the tap is not until the last song but oh. he does dance quite a bit don't worry and he sings about stage and he smooches Sutton Foster real hard and it's great anyway
0: don't we all want to be there <laughs> <laughs> you do you want to be yeah. there
1: yeah um so I was inspired because that the music fan is taking place in the Winter Garden Theater. And another show recently was in the Winter Garden Theater. It's my first time in the Winter Garden Theater myself. Um, But there previously there was another show there. And the main character of this show, I think that they're the main character. um, They, you know, they're just kind of messing around. They're kind of playing around kind of just trying to make ends meet definitely not yeah. paying rent uh living with their best friend and his girlfriend and then he decides that he's gonna pretend sub for this class and even though he's messing around hmm. he ends up being a semi-okay role model and a great band director and <laughs> i'm talking about dewey finn from school of rock
0: amazing <laughs> <laughs> oh i love man school of rock one of the best movies so ever
1: yeah,
0: and i don't be. i can't say i've never seen the stage show but that movie man you can't really go wrong yeah and um,
1: i i mean the stage Production seemed really great too. They played in the Tony Awards when yeah. they were up, mm-hmm. and that that looked great too. So very. Uh,
0: it was a. It was a. I think it was the same year Matilda was. So maybe it wasn't. But it was a year oh. where there was like a lot of children on Broadway.
1: Yeah, that's true. What I find funny, a School of Rock was uh, written the music lyrics were written or no music was written yeah yeah i remember he doesn't do lyrics by sir andrew lloyd Webber. yeah and it was in the winter garden theater which is funny because the original cats production of the of cats was done in the winter garden theater Mm, so
0: amazing oh i love that
1: So Taylor, tell me what theater character you are. Yes,
0: well, you know, as of recording this, we're uh, we're well into spring a little bit, and weather is changing, which is crazy. I feel like life is going by so quickly. I can't believe, honestly, we're already like early to mid-April. It's kind of crazy. Um, This is my birthday month for those that don't know, so that's exciting. (laughs) Um turning 26 whoo whoo
1: hey Hey yo passing Um, the point of the quarter life crisis
0: you know has it happened yet who knows uh (laughs) but this i feel like just life is is a little bit crazy and hectic i feel like it's moving too fast hmm, a little bit oh the week is jamie from the last it's just going, you know, it's it's life is just crazy. I feel like I barely have time to sleep, you know, rolling I along and sleeping and my alarm is like, wake up, wake up.
1: <laughs> so, now that is uh, that's Groundhog's Day, actually. Yeah, but yes.
0: You're right, you're right yeah but jamie oh no, we're not going to talk about all the other stuff that happens in the second half of the show i'm not really no because you're not all. feeling but that kind in of in the beginning of last act movie. one yeah yeah exactly exactly so yeah that is my that. character of the week if you guys yay. would like to join us on our discussion check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on instagram and twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd
1: Podcast. Thank you all for joining and we'll see you next week.